Welcome to the Jeff Merrick show. Matt Marchese here filling in for Jeff and what a night last night and for multiple reasons. And uh, one of them, and, and actually let's, let's play this clip here from Dylan cousins from, from last night. And then we'll, we'll get right into things. Yeah, that was a crazy pass. We just kind of locked eye contact and I was curling and I just tried to get going as fast as I could. And you know, he made a, he made a football pass there to me. So uh, a little hail Mary and somehow managed to handle it. But that was a great pass by him to put it in the right spot. Boy, was it ever Rasmus Dahlin to Dylan cousins, 12 seconds into overtime. Bang. Sabres win again, three, two over the Islanders. And a lot of people liken that pass to that of Eric Carlson to Mike Hoffman for the finish. And while Rasmus Dahlin should get a lot of credit for that pass, the play by Dylan Cousins to keep that in play and, and still maintain possession and, and get a breakaway and score is impressive in its own right. What else is impressive as we switch from Rasmus Dahlin, a former first overall pick, to last night's games on the ice it impresses me how bad teams are right now and how so many of these teams are willing to just give games away so that they can ensure a better chance to get Connor Bedard. The topic of today is going to be tanking and I I'm not, this is not about the players on the ice because they are playing to win every single night they're playing to win. And, and that's not about them, but this is going to be, one of the most interesting races that I think we've ever seen. Forget, forget the playoff races. Those are going to be fine. But to see how bad GMs are going to make their teams for the rest of this season so that they can better position themselves to, you know, win the lottery and get Connor Bedard is it's going to be fascinating. So last night it was kind of the who wants at least in terms of, of wins. So Montreal gets blasted by Florida on home ice. Columbus, who's had an awful season, loses to Anaheim at home, who's, by the way, also had a really awful season. The Flyers lose to the horrible Blackhawks as they try and fight for the worst positioning among the league. And the Flyers were at home in that one. And the Arizona Coyotes, unsurprisingly, lose 4 nothing to the Washington Capitals. When we look back on this season, we will look back and say, this has been one of the worst seasons in terms of disparity amongst bad teams and good teams. And I mean really bad teams. And it's all for one player. And I understand why teams are doing it. Like if you're willing to sacrifice short-term profits by not getting butts in the seats to have a better chance at Connor Bedard, I get it. Guy's going to be really good. He's kind of good right now. He could probably play in the NHL right now. But to see what is happening on the ice, and, and folks, this is only going to get worse. This is only going to be so much worse as teams start to trade away players. Veteran players who are on... You know, one, uh, they, they have uh, uh, their deal expiring at the end of this season, or they have, you know, maybe one year left, but they're trying to trade away good players to get assets. And I understand that part of it, but they're also trying to get worse. I love the idea of the playoff races because last year, especially in the Eastern Conference, it was a bit of a joke. 
because it was basically decided by January. You can make the argument it was decided by December. But this season, this feels like Major League Baseball almost every year where there's about five or six teams that are just god-awful. And in this case, there is a generational player potentially waiting at the end of this tunnel. That is the carrot that is dangling for these teams. And also keep in mind, in four of the last 10 years, the last place team has retained the first overall selection. So there's no guarantees here. But man, are these teams going to try their damnedest to try and get in a better position for Connor Bedard. Let's get the show started. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Joining me on the line as he does each and every day, hopefully a nice drive. It seems like it was because he got to his destination. Okay, Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts. Freach, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm good, Matt. I can't believe Merrick didn't get up at like 6 a.m. to to get to the show on time today. What a lazy guy. Lazy, lazy, lazy. You know, he keeps a bad example. <laughs> bad, bad, bad example. He keeps saying, oh, you know, Wally, Matt's going to Wally pit me and he's going to take over the job. The problem is, is that Jeff keeps coming back to work. That's the issue here, Elliot. Well, not today. Not today, know, like, but you know, I mean, he's back Monday. He could have gotten up. Like he always talks about how he wakes up first thing in the morning. I guess, uh, I, I guess he's taken like the, uh, the parental, uh, option when you're not at home like you just I give up I give up on life I'm not trying today I I would so I I've done that's that what he's doing I've done that early yeah, I, in my I, daughter's I, life yes I have I, have. <laughs> I concede um you, you know yeah <laughs> so uh I want to I want to start with um the awfulness that was on the ice last night and you know I, I see the teams that are are fighting for the bottom in the basement of the the standings and last night was one for the ages I mean like Chicago beats Philly. Uh, Montreal yep. gets hammered by Florida. Arizona loses to Washington. And of all the things, Arizona travels to Columbus and beats the Blue Jackets at home. I, it does feel like this is only going to get worse as they start to try and trade good players away because they're gonna, they want to get assets. I get that. But is there a sense that teams are trying to position themselves a little bit better to try and get be in the conversation for Connor Bedard here? Oh, there, there's no question about that, but I think it's easier said than done. Like, like people, and after watching Bedard, I understood why people were saying it. Tank, tank. Unless you already have your roster set to do that, this is not a league where you can start just throwing people around the NHL to make your team worse. Like, we have a league that's really stuck for deals right now. And so... Uh, I, I think that the teams that are already there, they're there for a reason, and they're still going to be the leaders. Like, like the one team that's there in the top uh, 10 or top 11 is Florida. They're, they're the team that doesn't want to be there because they don't have the pick and they want to try to make the playoffs. So, um, you know, I, I think everybody else is there is either. Elliot Freeman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts joining us here. Um, the, you know, I, I totally agree with you in that it's really hard for these teams to make deals. And, and at the end of the day, it's the GMs that are going to make these teams worse, not the players on the ice, because they're still trying to win. So when you say it's easier said than done, I definitely see that. And like I had mentioned in my open there, there's no guarantees that if you finish last that you're going to get that pick. Like only four of the last 10 teams that have finished last place retain the pick. And even before you could go even further back than that, 
Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's far from a guarantee. Like, how much are these teams willing to sacrifice? Because there's also the money aspect to this. Like, if you're bad, people aren't going to the rank. And and I understand that it's it's maybe a small sacrifice if you can bring in a guy like Connor Bedard. But at what length are these teams willing to go? Or have we already seen it? Well, I think you've seen it. Like some of these teams are open about it. Um, you know, Bedard, he's going to be worth it. And to be perfectly honest, there's some other teams here that are really, there's some other prospects there that are good. Like, I know Fantilli didn't have the greatest world junior, but a lot of people who see him more than I do really like him. Uh, the Carlson kid, I know people really like him. Uh, the Mishkov ki- uh, kid, now you're going to have to be patient because he's going to be overseas for a little bit of time, but he's talented. Like, there are good players in this draft. And in this league, you, I mean, you need the Stanley Cup winners. You need a team, but you need elite talent on that team. Um, so, you know, I, I just think you, you set your plan and you got to stick to your plan. Like, one of the things I was actually really interested with with, uh, with Davidson was their fans didn't like it that they sent down Lucas Reichel. And he said, look, guys, like, we're sticking to what we're doing. And, you know, actually, Chicago's been pretty lucky. They've had some pretty good crowds for games lately. And... Um, it's, it's gone well for them in that way, but you're right. You know, and, and the other thing too is all, like people are listening to this from Vancouver. Now, how many times did the Canucks get burned by the lottery? Yeah. How many times did Arizona get burned by the lottery? Like Edmonton had very good lottery luck. I, I think that, that that's the thing that comes down to it for me is that the lottery is a fickle mistress and you better know who you're who you're getting into a relationship with yeah and uh, well and speaking of well i mean the sabers are one team that that ended up retaining a pick and that was when they got rasmus dalin and he was front and center last night um i mean it was ryan miller's night but rasmus dalin that pass that had um eric carlson written all over it and that, and i know people want to give a ton of credit to dalin it's a great pass but man dylan cousins the way he took that puck was super impressive as well uh, so, sorry, aside from Dalene Cow for a second there? Uh, Dylan Cousins, the way that he took that pass oh, was yeah. also super impressive. That I don't think he's getting enough credit for right now. Well, I think the thing is, like, Cousins, I agree with you, like, Cousins is a heck of a player. Um, you know, you get kind of lost there in the sense of you've got Dalene, uh, you've got Tuck, who's having a fantastic season. You've got Tate Thompson, obviously, who in any other year, would be right at the forefront of the hard trophy conversation. But because we've got McDavid there, like everybody's fighting for second place. Like I, I just think sometimes there's not enough air or ink or uh, bandwidth to discuss everybody. And uh, I agree with you. I think Cousins a heck of a player. I think they're going to try to sign him long-term. And uh, why wouldn't you? Buffalo is a team, and I, I spoke with Arda O'Cal about this yesterday. They're a team that that very much intrigues me ahead of the trade deadline because I, I do feel like maybe they're a little bit ahead in their trajectory, maybe where they thought they would be at this point in this season. Um, and and they've got some issues. Like, I, I think Lukanen's going to be good. I'm not quite sure that he's there yet. 
They probably need to add another defenseman, and they probably need to add another depth forward. Like, where do you think the Sabres feel that they are, and might they be a team that could kind of fly under the radar and make a little bit of a splash? Or do you think that they're just happy with the way the season's gone, whatever we get out of this is gravy, and we'll worry about what this team looks like going forward in the offseason? I I think Buffalo is is big into we have a plan and we're sticking to the plan. Uh, I I know that 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 has been the way they've talked. They think that one of the reasons they've had the lack of success that they've had over the past few years is that they don't stick to their plan. And I know Kevin Adams, he is determined that he's not going to make that mistake. So I I think they'll do things that make sense, that fits into the long-term plan of the organization. I don't think they're going to rush to do something stupid that they they said, you know what, we're not going to do this. I think they're going to try their best to avoid those mistakes because they think that's what plagued them. Could one of those moves be a guy like Jacob Chikrin? Because there's a, there's a there's very few teams that I think have enough to get him but Buffalo feels like they would be one of the teams that falls under that category of, yeah, we can make this happen. Well, Merrick has, has put them out there before, and, and to me it makes sense. Like one of the things I think the Sabres feels they get pushed around a little bit, and Chikrin being a bigger, stronger guy, I, I think uh, makes fits that. But the price is one I'm not convinced that Buffalo would would pay that price. Okay. Uh, speaking of the Sabres and last night, Ryan Miller had his number raised to the Raptors. And, you know, yes. it was it was a nice ceremony. It was great to see him on the ice after the game celebrating with the team. That was really cool. But, you know, I, I feel like we sometimes forget about how good Ryan Miller was. He won a Vesna trophy. He was, he was a star on that Sabres team. And he's the all-time yep. winningest goalie among American-born players. Like, I feel like sometimes he gets lost because he played in an era with, you know, Lundqvist and Brodeur, and and there were some really high-profile guys, but he was clearly at one point one of the best goalies in the league, and I feel like we forget about that. It could happen. There's players who slip through the cracks. First of all, I thought the coolest thing last night was I gave him an actual saber. Yes. I thought that was (laughs) awesome. And. The look on his face when he got it, he was like, "This is, <laughs> this is really cool." I, I, I saw. I didn't get a chance to see it live because we had the hockey day in Canada banquet last night. But I saw it, like I, I saw the highlight on our Twitter feed, and I retweeted it. When I saw it, I was laughing. I thought that was, that was an awesome, awesome gift. Um, I, you know, I, I agree with you. I think. Maybe I feel a little differently because I remember when the 2010 Olympics where where he led the United States to the silver medal, I remember what a big star he was coming out of that. Like, that was the Olympics. It was in North America. It was the right time zone. He was an, he was an American darling. Um, like, I remember going to do a story on him in Buffalo after the Olympics, and Elton John had come into Buffalo for a concert at the arena, and uh, apparently he told them he wanted to meet Ryan Miller because he'd watched him during the Olympics. Oh, wow. And, you know, that's, that, like, that's, that's a big deal. And uh, um, I, I think that at that time he was huge. I, I, think, I think one of the things that unfortunately happens, and I don't think it's a negative against Miller at all, it's just that after he left Buffalo, like, there was never really, like, a home again. He yeah. kind of bounced around and... 
I, I, I think it's wrong, but I think sometimes people hold that against players. Like you have your one big city where you're synonymous with, and obviously for him that's Buffalo, but then after you leave, if you never find another home, quote-unquote, I think some people hold that against you. And uh, I don't think it's right, but I, I do think it happens. Elliot Freeman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts. Okay, moving off the Sabres page here. And, and Montreal last night, they get just mangled at home by the Panthers. Um, yeah. Mike Matheson gets fined. That was a that was not a great play. I'm shocked that there wasn't a penalty on the play, especially especially with yeah. Paul Maurice after the, his comments the other night about the officiating. But, like, it's not a good loss. I understand they're trying to balance winning too much and losing too much while also trying to develop young players. But how how deep do you think the cuts go here? Like, in terms of players, because obviously, like, Martin San Luis is not going anywhere. We know that. The front office, they just got there, so nothing's changing there. Uh, Slavkovsky's out for the rest of the season, essentially. Um, they've got guys mm-hmm. like Druin and Monaghan that they can move because they're UFAs or pending UFAs. How far do you think this thing goes? Well, first of all, on the Florida thing, yeah, Maurice gets um, fine, and what did they get, four power play goals last night? Yeah, it's kind of good. I think there's going to be... A- I think there's going to be a lot of coaches who pay that $25,000 if they're going to get four, four power play goals next game. They'll, they'll gladly make that trade off. Um, you know, I, as for the Matheson play, I, I have no issue in general with reverse hits. Um, uh, I, I don't know what he thought Stahl was going to do, but I didn't think Stahl was trying to hit him. Like, I, I, I think if, like, again, if, if, you're about, if you're about to be hit, uh, I, I have no trouble with you protecting yourself. I mean, I remember one coach, Claude Julian, he told me once, he tells his guys, like, if you think you're about to get pasted into the boards, you know, get your stick up. He would say, don't kill the guy, but, you know, make it make it hurt them as much as it's going to hurt you. And I understand that. Um, I don't have a problem with that philosophy. I just thought that one was not what it's supposed to be. Um, and I guess he got fined today. But as for your question with Montreal, I think, Matt, that, uh, look, they, they've, everybody's known that Montreal's been open for business on some of their veteran forwards for a long time now. It, it's no secret. Um, you know, whether it was the Donov or Hoffman or uh, some of their other guys, uh, they've been available. And, you know, this is a league right now where you can't make trades and people have to play better for a lot of this year. You know, Dodonov in particular hasn't been very good, although he's been better lately. Um, but, I, I, look, I, the, the whole Slavkovsky thing, it's unfortunate he's hurt. Um, I still think the guy's going to be fine. I, I still think he's going to be a, a, a really good player. Um, you know, he's just had a really tough year, and I think their kids are safe, and I think they'll try to move their veterans, and, you know, we'll see what they can do with this year. But Montreal's been open for business for quite some time. The one guy that I always come back to around this time because it feels like his name is constantly out there and he does he does carry along um, still some term on his deal and, and it's not super cheap at just, I think, a shade over $5 million. But it feels like a guy like Josh Anderson, teams are at least calling about because he can be a difference maker in the playoffs because of his style of play. Like I, I, we've seen it before Josh Anderson, you know, and they're there when they made the run to the Stanley cup final, Josh Anderson was a big part of that. And, and again, brings that element that not a lot of players have. How, how much do you think, how much interest do you think there is in Josh Anderson at this point, especially considering that there's still some term and some, some coin left on that deal. 
Well, I, I think that's the biggest issue. Like, I think in a vacuum, Matt, I think people like Josh Anderson's game quite a bit. Like, there's, I, I think people really like him. But I, I think the bigger problem is that this is a league right now where it's very difficult to trade term. And the other thing is, like, one, one of the things that uh, and Anthony Stewart, I think, says a variation of this all the time, but one of the things you've got to be is you've got to be available. And I think that's one of the oh, that's one of the tough things about Anderson is he gets hurt, and when you play the way that he plays, that happens. Um, you know he has some control over it. He has some clauses there that he can decide where he goes to. Um, I do I do think there's teams are interested in players like him all the time. I just think it comes down to term, and are you worried about his health? So he's got um, the his the other issue with this, and I didn't even realize it. So his cap hits five and a half. But he's owed seven million cash, eight million cash, seven million cash, and five million cash over the next one, two, three, four years, and then the final year of the deal is three point five million. So he's got five years left. Like if Montreal were to yeah. move that deal or move that that contract, that's going to cost them more than it's going to cost the other team, isn't it? In all likelihood. What do you mean by that? Like in terms of like we're trying to get rid of this contract. Yes, we're moving a good player, but you know we're going to have to sweeten the pot a little bit if we don't take as much money back because Montreal is going to want some cap, cap flexibility as well, but they're going to have to eat some of that money if they were going to try and move that deal, I would assume. Uh, you, you would think that teams would ask them to do that. Some teams are more willing to do that than others, though. Like, I, I think it depends. Like, you know, like Montreal would probably say, if you want us to eat some money, it's going to cost you a bit more in terms of what you have to give us. So I think that's like in terms of an extra pick or something like that. Um that's why we negotiate, Marchese. Yeah, I'm, I'm not good at that. That's why I'm still here. Um, okay. Take a course, buddy. <laughs> Take a course. Um, Minnesota last night, um, Matt Dumba was a scratch, and, and Dean Evison said, like, we've had a discussion. He knows why he's sitting and, and whatever. Yep. But, but that does feel like a player that they are more than willing to listen to offers to at this point. The, the question, I guess, is are you willing to just kind of move him for – maybe a little bit less than market value because of his contract so that you can add something because it does feel like Minnesota is, you know, Bill Guerin's not shy about making deals. We know that. Um, and he's probably going to look to add, especially if you can move out a guy like Matt Dumba. Is he one of those players that we should watch as, as one to move before the deadline? Well, I guess Dumba said this week, I, I hadn't seen the quote, but I was told about it. But I guess Dumba said this week that he'd been informed by Bill Guerin that it's possible he'll get dealt. Now, the one thing I, I really believe is Minnesota's trying to win the Stanley Cup. And when you're trying to win the Stanley Cup, you don't make your team worse. So I, I think that if he gets traded, there's two th that either he's getting traded for something that makes them better or it gives them the flexibility to do something that makes them better. Um, you know, I, I think I wrote this last week and I said it before. I heard there was one team that called Guerin about Dumba and Garen said, like, make me think about it. Like, do something that makes – offer me something that makes me want to do it. So I think that's part of the equation here very much. The other the other player that 
I, I feel like maybe he doesn't fly under the radar because he is really good. But uh, Kirill Kaprizov last night scores his 100th goal, and he's the third fastest yeah. active player to reach that milestone. I feel like sometimes he's a guy that gets kind of lost in the shuffle too. When we talk about goal scoring prowess, it was Ovechkin, and I can't remember the other guy that was that had gotten to that number faster. But he's in elite company, and you kind of wonder what would have what his career would look like if he had come to North America maybe a little bit earlier. Well, you know, he couldn't. He was under contract. It's it's the same thing with the Mishkov situation that we're we're going to have this year. Whoever takes him in the draft, you know, the NHL makes it very clear that you're supposed to uh, um, respect KHL contracts, even though they don't have a deal with them. You have to respect the contract because they don't want KHL teams breaking NHL deals. So um, it really wasn't a situation where they could do that before. The one thing I do agree with you, Marchese, is that uh, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. And I think it's just because there's so many, like, great players. Like, last year, I think I had him. Like, last year's hard ballot was really tough. I think I had him on mine. Um, I didn't have him first, but I had him on it. And, like, there were people who picked for him to win the Hart Trophy, which I agree with. And there were people who didn't have him on their ballot at all which I didn't agree with, but I understood because there were like six or seven good candidates. Like, I think this is another guy, like we were talking about Tate Thompson before. I think Tate Thompson, at least right now, is the Hart Trophy guy if there isn't a guy in Edmonton. But I bet you there would be people who would say the same thing about Kaprizov. They would say, you know what? He's my Hart Trophy guy, except there's a guy up in Edmonton. Yeah, 108 points last year, and he's got 53 and 44 games, 26 goals on the season. Like, he is, and he's fun to watch. Like, that combo. He's a hell of a player. Yeah, that he's combo of him player. and Matt Zuccarello, they look like they share the same brain when they play sometimes. Like, their their the, their chemistry is is through the roof. Um, Another another thing I wanted to get to, uh, Max Pacioretty last night, non-contact injury. Yeah. That did not, like, we've seen it a lot. We don't see it as much in hockey. We see it a lot in football. And, and sports like that, but that did not look good. There was nobody around him, and if I'm not mistaken, that was the same leg that he had the injured Achilles on from the off season. That did not look good. You know what it reminded me of when I when I saw the highlight? It reminded me of Kevin Durant in the 2019 yes. NBA final. Yep, that's 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 what it reminded me of, and it was uh, it was brutal. Um, you know. I mean, I feel terribly for Pacioretty. He's an incredible athlete. Uh, I, I, a few years ago, uh, when he was playing for Montreal, I, I did a piece on him in the summer, and I went to the gym he worked out in, in Connecticut. And he's an absolute freakish athlete in a sport full of great athletes. Uh, he is one of the best. And um, I, I, it's, it's, it's really, really tough. I, I, I really feel for him. Um, you, you do all this work to come back from an Achilles tear. And, and like, I, I can't look at my Twitter right now. I can't really look at my phone, obviously, because I'm driving. And I follow all rules religiously. Um, but uh, I, I just think that uh, it's such a shame. Because you could see it in, in Brenda Moore's face last night that they knew this was bad. And uh, I hate to see people who go through all that work to come back and put it in and he was ahead of schedule and that happens it sucks like it absolutely sucks yeah the the brendan moore quote was it doesn't look good i mean we don't know but it doesn't look good and he said hopefully it's not as bad as we think but i'm not too optimistic right now 
So that kind of says everything. I mean, when a guy goes down with a non-contact injury, especially the way that he did, like the 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 view from behind the net was one that was very telling uh, on how bad yeah. it was. Uh, so I guess that leads me to my next question, which is, what does Carolina do now? They're going to end up, I'm assuming he's going to go on LTIR. They're going to eventually yeah. have some space here. He was brought in to score goals. And I, and I said it like, Jeff and I spoke about this. This my second half player to watch was Max Pacioretty because I thought he was the perfect fit for what Carolina was doing because they needed a guy that scores goals. I know they are not in the market for rentals. I know that that is something that ownership and the front office do not like. They don't like giving up assets for yeah. that. But is that something? Is this something that maybe they change their tune on because we've got Pacioretty that's coming back next year? We hope healthy. Um, and we just need a player for this season. Is that something that they might look into? Uh, I think they will. But again, I like 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 on this show, Merrick had Don Waddell on, and he said, you know, basically you guys could win the Stanley Cup this year because they can. Um, will you use? Uh, will will you change your philosophy on rentals? And they said no. They said it's the same plan that we've always had. So. Maybe this changes it, but until I see it, I go with what someone has shown that they are. Um, you know, uh, uh, it's been reported that they've talked to Vancouver about Horvat. I think he'd be a perfect fit there. But again, the cost of what we're looking at here is, is, too, is not what they've done historically. But I think now, who knows? Like, all bets are off. I think we'll figure out what Pacioretty's situation is, and then all of us will be trying to figure out what this means for Carolina. What did, what is your what did your grandmother always say, Elliot? You plan, God laughs. There we go, and that's exactly how I the, feel. The, the, the Mike Tyson line works too. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, I, I can't say that I've been punched in the face too much, but I I, I can understand that. Uh, quickly before we let you go, the All Star jerseys were leaked. I've always, I've always said you have a very punchable face. <laughs> that's, that's almost worse than saying you have a face. I had somebody say, you have a face for radio. I was like, well, I'm on TV over the next couple of weeks. So there, there you go. There goes that theory. Um, all-star jerseys were leaked. I know the NHL probably didn't want it to happen that way. Uh, Elliot, they look gorgeous. How about that? Yeah, I saw them. They were in our studio a couple of days ago, and uh, I, I really like them. I, I love retros. I mean, it's tough to keep these things out now. Like, I don't know if it was aesthetics that broke it or, or who broke it, but, you know, those those designs, they get around in sort of like the industry. Uh, and those like aesthetics, those other websites like that, they have great sources. So I think you know it's going to get out. I think they look sharp. Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't those the ones that from the All-Star game where Owen Nolan pointed at Hoshik? So... Um, like that game brings back great memories for me. That was the Ray, so, Bo the Ray, uh, Ray Bork. Was that his last all-star game too? I think. I, I, I don't remember. Honestly, it, I, I don't I like remember. Them. I think they look great. I, I mean, like them too. I think they look really good. I think they look really good. I think the NHL should send us some so that we can show them on this show. But anyway, you know, you work for a rights holder. You should ask. I sh I'm asking right now. Anybody listening at the NHL offices, we would love to display these jerseys. Thank you, and we appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you, Elliot. I know sometimes I don't tell you that, but I appreciate you and taking some time for me today. We will let you go. I'm assuming you're on your way home. 
Yes, and, you know, I, I did, you know, we talked about Horvat on the pod today, and uh, I did have someone tell me that they don't like my Seattle theory. They just don't think that, they don't think that Vancouver will do that uh, in season. So uh, can, we'll see. We'll see where can, it all goes. Can I say something? Whoever offers the best deal is going to get Bo Horvat. I don't think Vancouver cares about where he ends up right now. Do you? We'll, we'll find out. I guess well, so. I, that's the way it should be. Yes. But it doesn't always work that way. I agree. All right, Elliot, safe travels home, and uh, we will chat with you back on Monday. All right, Matt, take good care, bud. There he goes, Elliot Friedman, on his way back from Owen Sound. Wonderful Owen Sound. wonder if he tried the fries at the arena.